AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. The Volume. Just a reminder, you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at John Middlecoff to get notified when I go live. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code JOHN, J-O-H-N. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code JOHN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensed partner, Gold Nugget, Charles, Louisiana, 21+. plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in... ONT. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out is the podcast. 
How are we doing, my people? Uh, another day, but not another Bears loss. The Bears beat Washington Thursday night football, their first victory in a long, long time. We will dive into that. Fields, four more touchdowns. R.I.P. Dick Butkus, as well as some stuff with Washington, Belichick, Sean Payton, the Giants. We will dive into it all. A lot going on football-wise as we head into the weekend. Uh, so let's let's have some fun. This is the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. You listen on Collins' feed. Greatly appreciate it. And we're on YouTube as well, the Volumes YouTube page. Check that out. Let's talk some football. Do you want to attend a game? Do you want to? I was watching some of these baseball playoff games. If you live in Philadelphia and you listen to this show, you got to get to one of their playoff games. That place looks like an SEC football game. Looks incredible. And the way you need to do that is you go to your app store and you download the official ticketing app of this podcast. They go by game time. You can you can get any pair of tickets, concerts, comedy shows, any athletic event, pro or college. And when you sign up for your first pair of tickets, use the promo code John, J-O-H-N, that's my name, $20 off. I'm giving you a deal. So go to a game, go to a concert, be, become a Swifty, go check them out. Swifty probably back at another game next Thursday because the Chiefs are playing, so she's busy. But she's going to be singing sometime soon. And if you want to go, game time, buy a pair of tickets, promo code John. Okay, the Bears, destroy doesn't feel too uh, too strong of a word to describe what we witnessed. They, they took it to Washington. Washington had a couple drives, but for the most part, the Bears played their best game in a long, long time. They played a good half last year last week this was a really really good game and they needed it and I want to start by this because through two weeks Justin Fields wasn't bad I mean it was an utter train wreck he looked it wasn't even you didn't there was no subjective conversation it was not arguable he was playing the position at a really really low level production wise eye test the coaching staff no one was on the same page it was not going to work Now, I liked him coming out a lot. Why? He has a ton of physical tools. Big, strong arm. Big. Can really run. But playing quarterback, as we know, is a very nuanced position, and it had not been going well. Well, the last two weeks, he has eight touchdowns. So, I give... I respect anyone in any walk of life. Times get tough. I don't give a shit who you are. Nothing is easy all the time. And an industry is like, Wall Street or the NFL, it's you're going to fail. And failing, like, listen, it happens to all of us, and you have to be mentally tough. And to play quarterback at the highest level in the NFL, just to sustain being a starter, I'm not talking to become Mahomes or to become Josh Allen, just to last, just to keep a starting spot, you got to be mentally tough. And especially as a younger player, to go through what he was going through, nationally, everyone shitting on you as a player, everyone talking a lot of crap about your team, your team just internally is in shambles, you have a wide receiver sent home, you have a defensive coordinator resigned, we still don't know the reason why, you hadn't won a game uh, in, in basically 11 months, which they were trending toward, and I was thinking about this, if they were heading into this game, thinking that, listen, there's a chance that they lose 16 games in a row, And I was thinking, if you lost 
16 games in a row, which has obviously happened. Teams go 0-16. I know we have 17 games now, but the 0-16 teams. I think it's much more difficult to lose 16 straight games in two separate seasons because you get rid of some bad players. You add some new players. You you probably were not good the previous year, so you added some draft picks. So they, they were trending toward it's almost impossible. It's not impossible to, to go winless on a season. It is very, very difficult to lose a season's worth of game separated by two separate seasons. And Fields refused to let that happen. Uh, he was really good. Obviously, DJ Moore was fantastic. Looks like D, uh, Debo Samuel the night on steroids. Just carried him. Dominated. Taking slants and hitches and uh, comebacks to the house, breaking tackles. But I, I give Justin Fields a lot, of, a lot of credit mentally because, listen, a lot of players in the NFL are tough. Right? Obviously, there are some players tougher than others. We'll get into Dick Butkus. But mental toughness, I, and listen, I, I think in, in uh, all sports at the highest level professionally, really separates guys. And, and I think Justin Fields has really, really shown a lot these last two weeks. Now, is he going to be the Bears starter for the next decade? I can't go that far. Is he going to be the Bears starter in 2024? Won't go that far either. But like he, he, he's t- taught everyone, listen, I'm guilty too, Pump the fucking brakes, guys. Like, this ain't quite over yet. I got a lot of talent here. I can make plays. I can play winning football. He played winning football last week. He obviously played winning football tonight. But we all know the physical skills. My mother can see that. The mental skills and the mental toughness side is something you can only learn by going through tough times. And that's how you're evaluated by your team, your GM, your city. And I think if you're a Bears fan today... You're, you're really prideful in the way he reacted. Because, listen, as, as a fan of just the sport, uh, it's definitely cool to see. And as a fan of the sport, growing up, I never saw Dick Butkus play a snap. Obviously, well before my time, I would imagine 99.9% of people listening or watching this podcast fall under that category. There's a pretty good chance it's 100%. But there is not anyone who grew up liking football that didn't know the name Dick Butkus. And I think as a football player, especially a defensive football player, like most famous people, when you say their name, like have a brand, right? Like if you say Warren Buffett, most people think like rich, famous, you know, rich, successful financial guy, right? You say Steve Jobs, you're like innovator, right? You say Tom Brady, you're like winner. When you say Dick Butkus, I think the first thing that comes to mind is toughness, and listen, I, I always somewhat support older players being bitter at newer players, especially if you played, you know, basketball, baseball, football in like the 70s or 80s. You're like, we laid it all on the line. The game was way more physical. We did not make nearly enough money. Some of those guys had had second jobs. And see the money being made now. You think guys are softer. When you think football and you think defensive football – Dick Butkus, the moment you start playing, whether it's peewees, whether it's high school football, whether you play you know, through college in the NFL, that is a name that is uttered by coaches at every level. And it's someone, listen, I know I've never even been to Chicago, and I feel like I know exactly what Dick Butkus was, what he stood for. You Google him when he dies, and you know, obviously all the Pro Bowls, the Hall of Fame, the all-decade team, multiple decades. Uh, really, when you think about the Bears, really the only offensive player 
that's really famous in the, on the team is Walter Payton in the history of the franchise, at least for me. And it's just littered with superstar, I guess Gale Sayers as well, but littered with superstar defensive players. And he's obviously the Tom Brady, Joe Montana of that group for that franchise. So RIP Dick Butkus. Uh, to me, when I think linebackers in the NFL, you know, I, I think Ray Nitschke, Dick Butkus, Jack Lambert. I mean, that is that is the NFL when you're a kid and you're watching some of these grainy footages of football from the late 60s or the early 70s. You're like, these guys were nuts. Blood everywhere. You know, just the, the game was, it wasn't safe. <laughs> it wasn't safe. And a huge reason it wasn't safe is because guys like Dick Butkus were on the field. I remember hearing a scouting story. I, I don't know if it was on like, you know, the top 100 players with Belichick or Art Rooney told the story, but they went to scout uh, Lambert and like the field was muddy. So they had to practice on concrete and it was supposed to be a walkthrough and Lambert was like making full speed tackles on gravel and was bleeding everywhere. And he went back to like the Rooney family. He's like, we got to get this guy. And, And I just think that's who built the NFL. Guys like that. And Dick Butkus, you know, will always be, till the league folds one day, which doesn't seem anytime soon, one of one of the guys that put this league, like built the base of it. You know, if you if you laid the concrete for a home, he would have been one of like the founding fathers of this league and where it's at right now with all the success, Amazon streaming the billions of dollars were because of guys like Dick Butkus, so R.I.P., and the team that got their ass kicked tonight. I was thinking about it watching. Like, Ron Rivera is not going to be the coach in 2024. They have a brand new owner. Uh, like, their team's just not good enough. Though, I actually think they're kind of an intriguing job opening whenever it comes. They do have some young, talented pieces. If you're not in position to get a top quarterback, you got a guy that at least you could play a season with who's cheap as you figure things out. But I was thinking Josh Harris, they showed him tonight in the booth. And he obviously owns the Sixers, and their last two coaches have been Doc Rivers and now Nick Nurse, who just got fired by the Raptors but won a championship with Kawhi Leonard and was known as you know one of the better coaches before last year in all of the NBA. So their last two coaches have been big-time bright lights guys. And I think we talk a lot about, and listen, just because Eberflus won the night, I by no means think he's some lock to be the coach in 2024. He's coaching for his job for the next three months. Bears fans would agree. Like, he he is, he ain't on scholarship. That's for damn sure. But there's a lot of Harbaugh, Chicago. Shouldn't Chicago try to take a big swing? Jim Harbaugh was drafted there, played there. Like, doesn't make a lot of Midwest, Big Ten country. Why wouldn't Washington be all over him? Like I just said, this owner has gone after big names in the NBA. How how do you spend that much money on a team and not do it in the NFL? To think he's just going to hire, and a lot of teams do, the next offensive coordinator, the next sexy name, Ben Johnson with the Lions. I'm not saying they won't interview them. And hell, maybe they do end up hiring him. But I see this guy sniffing around. This is a brand that has fallen on very, very hard times the last 20 years. I mean, Dan Snyder uh, obviously ruined everything surrounding the team, including the actual team. It's just been a very ugly 
period of time for a franchise that, you know, if some of you that are a little older than me probably remember them in their heyday when they were competing with the Niners, the, the 80s Bears, the, the 80s Giants, right, to win Super Bowls and to be one of the best teams in the league. Well, that, that feels like eons ago. And I do wonder if you're a new owner that it's one thing. Hiring a coach in football is very, very difficult, especially when you're hiring coordinators. For every Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, there are a lot of Joe Judges and Pat Shermers and Vance Josephs. There is no formula. It's a lot like drafting players. You know, you, you do all your due diligence, you meet with the people, you feel good about it, but you never know. And you never know till it's too late, and then the guy's coaching your team and you realize he's not the guy. The easiest way to avoid that is just go big game hunting. And to me, Jim Harbaugh, when you factor in, like, you know, even the Urban Myers and the Lincoln Rileys, those guys never coached in the NFL. We, we saw Urban Meyer not even last year. Like, Lincoln Riley's name's not going to go away, but the dude is allergic to defense. Like, that ain't going to work in the NFL. Loved Mike Leach. RIP. I, I miss Mike Leach. I wish he was obviously still around coaching. He, he was a fun, fun character. But, like, when you don't care about defense, you have no shot. Jim Harbaugh not only knows NFL football as a player and as a coach, defense is a huge part of his ethos, and they have some pieces in Washington. So, I, you watch. You know, forever... It was the Dolphins were always getting linked to, God, the Dolphins are sniffing around Harbaugh or, you know, Coach X, right? Some big-name guy. They're always trying to, Tom Brady, they're always, now it feels like they're kind of, they got McDaniel, their team's pretty good. They, they've kind of mellowed out a little bit. I think the team that you're going to start seeing being circled is the Washington Commanders. Well, that might not even be their name because they might change it, but... What we saw tonight, pretty lifeless effort for a large percentage of it. Definitely the first half was pretty embarrassing. And overall, to let Fields kind of kick your ass like that, you got to go back to the drawing board. But, you know, if you believe in the football gods, if you just believe in things bigger than yourself, under no circumstances were the Chicago Bears losing on the day that Dick Butkus passed away. Okay, let's dive into a couple other things in the NFL before I get to... uh, do these teams suck? Because that's that's one thing I have circled. We, we got four teams on buys. The Browns, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Bucks. So this we go through this stretch now of like five or six weeks where some weeks you're like, God, there aren't really that many games on TV. That's the one thing early on in the NFL season, like week one, week two. Sunday, the 10 a.m. slot and even the afternoon slot, sometimes you're like, God, there's like feels like there's 10 games on right now. Once the bye weeks happen and then you spread out Monday night and Thursday night football, you know, you might get an afternoon where there's like two games on, which, I, I listen, I'm not complaining. Uh, but let's start with one game that I think, and listen, if you've followed me for a while, you know my take was Mac Jones is going to be a major problem for Belichick. He was going to end the dynasty. And it sure, and I know the dynasty technically ended when Brady left, but like end Belichick's career in New England. That'd be another guy. Like, you know, if they got a little breakup, like let's just say Belichick's not the coach of New England in 2024, you don't think Josh Harris, Washington, just, hey, get the train back on the tracks? Uh, but listen, Bill Belichick is playing Derek Carr, who is obviously injured, but last week dumped the ball off at a historic fashion. The Saints, I, I've watched them three of their four games. Clearly they're solid, but offensively they'd have some issues. And then the moment Derek got hurt, and clearly he's not the same, and listen, he's not the most, you know, inclined guy to just bombs away. This guy's not Patrick Mahomes in his prime. This is a game, Belichick, not in a million years, 
would lose to a banged-up Derek Carr and Dennis Allen. But if he loses this game, like to me, they're trending for a 4-5 or five win season. I don't care how good of a coach he is. I don't care how many tricks he has up his sleeve. The Patriots, and hell, even Belichick, like Mac Jones' rookie year, is winning this game. And I don't have faith. Uh, I talk about it with Stucky from a gambling perspective. I Listen, obviously the, you should bet on Belichick, but I don't trust it. And this is a game feels like you can't win this thing. W- what are we doing? And this is why I keep getting back to if you can't win games like this and they're having back-to-back seasons where they don't really get close to making the playoffs, last year technically would be closer than they look like they're headed this year. But w- what's the point of all this? Just coach to just try to get the record? Uh, as I said earlier this week, you know, Belichick hung his hat on being a ruthless negotiator, a ruthless general manager, having like no emotion. And that's historically what makes great executives in sports, right? You've got to make tough decisions. You've got to trade guys who have been really, really good for you, right? Like Bill Walsh got rid of Joe Montana, got rid of Ronnie Lott, like got rid of a lot of players and kind of set the tone and Belichick kind of copied him. Now, eventually, though, it ends. Walsh kind of tapped out after eight or nine seasons. Belichick's not tapping out. He, de- he doesn't have crazy emotional anxiety. You know, Walsh got kind of overwhelmed, later regretted it, but, you know, the stress really got to him. Belichick, not a stress guy. Not saying he doesn't get stressed, but, like, you're going to have to get rid of him. He's not just going to say, hey, I've had enough. <laughs> like, this, is, this ain't working. But it ain't working if you can't beat the Saints in, in a banged-up Derek Carr. The other game that when this happened, I think it was in training camp, everyone freaked out when Sean Payton called out Nathaniel Hackett. And my take has always been, I appreciate anyone who's honest. Like, he's just saying what everyone else is saying. He's just doing it publicly, right? Like, why are some of the craziest quotes we ever read in anything? Politics, business articles, obviously pro sports anonymous, but that's how everyone actually talks. Like everyone last year was making fun of Nathaniel Hackett. Like this, this week I saw this controversy with Rodney Harrison calling Zach Wilson garbage. And everyone's like, that's crossing the line. Literally for three straight weeks, everyone sitting on their couch, texting their buddies is calling Zach Wilson garbage. Then when a guy who was a great player, Super Bowl champion, complete badass, listen, I'm not the biggest Rodney Harrison fan, but he can say whatever he wants about some player, calls him garbage, everyone's like, that's out of line. You mean the same guy that you surely was saying that sucked? Now another guy says it, it's like, well, it's too bad. He's, he's doing it publicly. Bullshit. So Sean Payton said what he believed. Now, he ran it back, but like that's what he thought, and that's what a lot of people thought because we all witnessed it. The dude didn't even make it through the season. But Nathaniel Hackett added Aaron Rodgers. You're like, well, Sean, you better be careful, man. You're going to play him. They're going to roll with Aaron Rodgers. That ain't the case. Sean Payton, if you are going to talk shit, which I have no problem in any business, say what you believe, just back it up, right? And sports is the one area where it's like, especially if you're a player, you say something, you got to go against the guy. In football, Unlike some of these other sports, violent game. You talk shit about some pitcher, he, he might blast you the next time he sees you, right? <clears throat> in football, you say something about someone else. One, if you're a player, you get taken out. And two, if you're a coach, you, you can kind of get rolled. So I, I'm looking at Sean Payton this week. You can't lose to Zach Wilson. That can't happen. You have to win this game. You talk shit about this guy, 
his coach, and you didn't even think you were going to see this player. You, they're coming to you. you. You can't lose this game. Like talking Bill Belichick. Like technically, whatever you lose, your team might suck. Sean Payton cannot lose this game. You, you cannot lose to Zach Wilson. And we'll see. Like is Zach Wilson just the version that we saw in Sunday Night Football? Is he just solid now? Did he figure something out? Or is he the guy that we saw against the Chiefs those first couple drives that didn't really have a chance? So when I look at this week, Denver better win. And uh, let's do a little segment called Do These Guys Suck? And I'm going to start with the Giants. Obviously, this season has been an utter disaster. It has not gone well, and they're getting made fun of constantly for the contract that they gave Daniel Jones, and rightfully so. Because a year ago, they didn't pick up the guy's fifth-year option. Two years later, he's making $40-plus million, and their team feels like they're headed nowhere and nowhere fast. Here's the problem. They're 1-3. They have not played well at all. And now they're playing the Miami Dolphins in Miami. They're coming off a loss. So the one thing the Dolphins, how are the Giants going to score? And all of a sudden, you're 1-4. The negativity builds. You saw this week. One of their players is calling fans burger flippers and hot dog flippers. You actually don't flip a hot dog. You roll it. You obviously flip a burger, but you roll a hot dog as someone who's eaten a lot of hot dogs and made a few in my day. But the Giants are in major trouble. And I I would lean, and I thought they were going to be good. I was dead wrong. I didn't necessarily believe in Daniel Jones, but I thought he'd kind of be like an Alex Smith where he'd keep getting incrementally better. He's obviously getting worse. Their offensive line's in shambles. Saquon's banged up. The Giants could be headed toward a 4-5 or win season if they keep getting rolled. Another team that I believed in. Uh, I've completely changed my tune. A lot like the Giants. I don't think the Steelers are any good. Now, this is a rivalry week. You're playing Baltimore. Lamar's humming. Uh, You know, Tomlin's fantastic as an underdog. But you lose this game. All of a sudden, you know, you have a two-game swing, basically, with the Ravens because they only have one loss. You got two. You lose this game. You got three. They got one. And they've beat you at your place. Not only are you in shambles, but you might just be headed toward the first time of, is this when Tomlin actually doesn't go above 500? Because if they look lifeless, they obviously got some quarterback issues right now. One, he's just Pickett's not playing that well. Then he got injured. I saw a quote, I think, yesterday that he said, I'll be there. Uh, Do you really want a compromise Kenny Pickett? But I definitely don't want Mr. Trubisky. If Kenny Pickett's bad slash injured, the Steelers are fucked. They just are. Because you're not winning any games with Mitch Trubisky. So this is kind of a, a survival game for the Steelers. And last but not least, the Bengals. Now, obviously, their quarterback is not only compromised, you know, physically his calf's off, but he hasn't played well on top of that, and their whole team's off. I don't think Arizona is the best team to play when shit is just not going well. Because the one thing the Cardinals do is they play their ass off. And when you're trying to figure things out, when you guys got guys injured and you got a wide receiver who's complaining, saying he's always open, this type of game, all of a sudden you look up. This happened to the Cowboys, and they didn't even have internal issues. You're down 17 to 10, and then that pressure starts to build. So, you know, obviously the Giants are in major trouble against Miami. The Steelers, it's a rivalry game, but you just better win it. I think the Cincy at Arizona game is a lot more intriguing than anyone would have thought week one. You'd be like, that's a throwaway game. Who's watching that thing? I'm keeping an eye on this because I I could see Cincinnati blowing this thing from a mile away. And and last but not least, uh, one guy that I've been very critical of just over the years, 
in college football was Steve Sarkeesian. And I was listening to our guys, Snaps, T-Bob, and, and Aaron Murray, and T-Bob's a hater too. And again, this, this isn't nothing personal. I've never even met Sark. It was always simply he got these incredible jobs, and he recruited his ass off, and he could never he couldn't win nine games. His record was like seven and five and eight and five all the time. It's like this guy is coaching NFL players left and right, loaded with talent, and just didn't win. So I, I was just like, I, I don't get it. And then he gets a Texas job. Yeah, some guys are really good coordinators, and you put them in a big spot, they just lose. Well, this season has gone pretty well for him. And I've said this before, but I talked to a buddy during training camp, a couple guys that had went through there from a scouting perspective. They're like, God, this team's stacked, man. This team is loaded. I'm like, I, I still don't trust him. I don't give a shit if he has the best roster in college football. I think he's more likely to go 10-2 and than win the national championship. Well, he's playing Oklahoma. They're both 5-0. and Obviously, Texas is a better version than this Oklahoma team. He wins this game. You know, Texas probably going to the playoffs. I mean, they would be on easy street to you look up and Sark and Texas is going to be right there. So I got a pretty good chance to be pretty wrong on this. I never would have picked him to be a playoff game team at the beginning of the season. I don't care how much talent. Clearly, the quarterback's playing well. Defensively, they look really good. But, you know, Sark's a guy that, listen, I've I've never bet on him as a coach, but I've never, all, everyone I know that knows him loves him. Like, swear by the guy. You know, you talk to some people about Lane, you know, Lane's, <laughs> depends who you talk to with the information you get about Lane Kiffin. When you talk to people about Sark, they really, really like him. Like, high character guy, obviously went through some substance issues, uh, which, you know, he kind of pushes back on, listen, her different things, whatever at USC. We all go through problems, but as a coach, I just never bought it. I, you know, there was a little like Lincoln Riley. There was like a soft nature to him. Uh, not that he, he knew what to look for, probably even more than Lincoln in, in players, but his teams, it was always something missing. Well, so far this year, his teams looked excellent. I was watching a couple weeks ago. They're playing Kansas. I'm like, this Kansas, they got a big-time coach. This guy's going to get a big-time job after this year, and the game was close, Then all of a sudden, I left to run some errands. I look back, it was like 40-10, to 10, the final score, 40-14. to 14. So maybe this is the year Sark goes to the playoffs. Hell, why couldn't he win the national championship? And speaking of national championships, here's my, uh, my bold take of the week, brought to you by my friends at Guinness. I was going to bring a Guinness onto the show, but I, I moved an old fridge today into a garage, and you know, you, you put it on the dolly, and I didn't realize there were some Guinnesses in there. Then I opened it, they all fell on the ground and exploded, which disappointed me. I didn't have time to go to the store because I wanted to slam my Guinness while I made my bold take. And here's my bold take College football is really out of whack this season in terms of dominance from teams. Teams are good, but you're watching, you're saying, there's not like a Pete Carroll USC team in its prime. There's not like a Nick Saban team in its prime. Hell, the Kirby teams of the last two years at Georgia, clearly are they're not as good this year. How would they be? They've lost like 700 players in the NFL. Literally every player from the defense two years ago is in the NFL right now. I think six or seven of them were first-round picks. I would imagine they have more than 11 on rosters from the last two years when you factor in fringe backups as well. So I don't care who you are. I don't care how great of a recruiter you are. And Kirby's elite. Kirby has gone to Georgia, and he didn't just live up to being a good coach. He immediately became a legend. 
back-to-back national championships. Really the first Saban guy to become like a star, close. You know, he's still got to win a bunch more to catch Nick. But, you know, an equal of Nick. A guy that can beat Nick. A guy that can win natties. A guy that every team in the country... Now, Kirby's more suited. Like, Kirby's not coming to USC or coaching Washington. But every big program in the South that can pay $10, $15 million, the Floridas, the Miamis, the Clemsons, the Georgias, the Alabamas, the LSUs, would line up and take Kirby Smart. It does feel like they're a little off this year. And they're starting these games slow. I don't blame them. Some of the guys on the team, and it's part of it, like, I don't know if it's a disease of me. You start feeling yourself. You start viewing, even though you didn't maybe start for the last couple teams, but you were on the team, you start viewing yourself like a champion, even though you played like three snaps on special teams, and you don't play as hard. Hell, you might just not be as good. Like usually when you lose a Jalen Carter or a N'Kobe Dean or some of these guys, there's a drop-off, even if it might just be a year long. Like Nick Saban didn't win every six straight national championships, right? There's usually one on, one off. I think they're bound to get upset. We haven't seen a crazy upset in college football this year. Uh, you know, you could say Duke against Clemson, but then it turned out Duke was pretty freaking good. They almost beat Notre Dame. This feels like you look up and you're going to see a big-time upset. Now, I could see USC losing at any moment. If Caleb were to roll an ankle, that defense, that they could get beat. Uh, but I do wonder, like Georgia, just complacency, it's just it's hard. You know, I don't think any team has won three straight national championships since like the 40s. Uh, definitely, I don't believe it's going to happen this year. So my bold take of the week will be that Georgia loses to Kentucky. Brought to you by Guinness. Gather your friends. Raise your glasses and toast to win. Guinness Drought Stout, imported by Diageo Beer Company, USA, New York, New York. Please drink responsibly. For a limited time, you can save 40% on NFL Plus premium annual subscription when you sign up through Plus Play from Verizon. Plus Play is a platform where you can shop, manage, and save on the subscriptions you already love, like NFL Plus. With NFL Plus Premium, you get access to live games on mobile, NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, and more. So you can watch multiple games all at once on any screen around you for updates. Never miss a touchdown. And for fantasy football players, NFL Plus Premium makes all the difference. Access to programming like Fantasy Live through NFL Network, Red Zone for tracking player performance on Sunday, access to live local primetime games, access to Fantasy Plus. Just go to verizon.com slash NFL to get NFL Plus Premium today. It's 40% off an annual subscription. That's just $59.99 for the full season. Get it before it's gone. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. You can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team. Faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time. Looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy. And that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Back at it again, week... Shit, I don't even know what... Week five uh, feels about week ten of college football. And we might be rolling with the hottest gambler I've ever seen. Stucky from the Action Network. You can find him uh, all over the place, online... And uh, obviously, big bets on campus, all over the Action Network's content. Stucky tweeted at me mid, I'd say late USC, Colorado, right on cue, as those Trojans can't cover a fucking soul. Um, unbelievable. Yeah, the uh, I think it was 47 to 20, I think. And then the game was in doubt. A bit towards the end, you're not winning a national title with that defense. I mean, it's it's just, it's just the same old story we, like we talked about last week. It's crazy. I was watching, and it kind of felt at one point like a little Oregon-y, right? They were just, are they going to win this game 60-30? to 30? So I was like, shit, I'll go to the gym. And I turned it on, just like, we'll keep an eye on it. All of a sudden, I looked up. They had, 
I think they had broken a big play, and then Caleb threw a pick, and it kind of snowballed. You're like, holy shit. Now, the game, I don't think, is it fair to say, was not quite as close as the 48-41, but it definitely was a legit cover by the the Buffs. Yeah, and it just shows you the difference between – yeah, I mean, look, USC had that game in hand, and then some fluky stuff happened at the end, but it just shows you the difference between, you know, USC and who's, like, a really good top-10 team – and but like and a real national title contender in like Oregon, right? Just look at the difference between those two games. I know one was at home, one was on the road, but they scored about the same amount of points, and Oregon could have scored seventy if they wanted to. And Colorado couldn't score uh, against Oregon, and they they could with ease uh, against USC. And that, that's just that's going to be their downfall until Riley invests time into the defense and probably gets a new coordinator. Okay, before we dive into the NFL, uh, let's hit on a couple. There actually are some pretty good college games. Thank God Oklahoma just kind of got their shit together in 2023. Uh, now, are, are they actually good? Who knows? But this rivalry, when they're both 5-0, and is pretty cool. I mean, this yeah. game always lives up to the hype. I mean, last year, I forget the score offhand, but wasn't it like 100 to 49 nothing? Yeah, 49 nothing. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think it was the biggest uh, biggest win in the history of the game. Uh, either side. So that was Venables. Pretty big moment. Clearly, Texas is legit. I mean, most people think, and rightfully so, I mean, they, they could win the national championship. I'm still hesitant with Steve Sarkeesian. But line's not that big, given what happened last year. Obviously, Texas is more talented. Does Oklahoma have a shot here, upset alert? Uh, I think they have a shot. I, I don't see it happening. Um but, yeah, I mean, last year, Dylan Gabriel, he's playing really well. Um, they have a kid behind him, Jackson Arnold, who's five stars, going to be really good at quarterback, too. But last year, they they didn't have either. They were running wildcat. Like, Gabriel was hurt, and it was it was bad. It was embarrassing. Their defense got embarrassed. Uh, the defense is better this year. It's significantly improved. I think that's the biggest thing with this Oklahoma team. And then they have a quarterback who's not hurt now. The offense, it's still, like, lacks some playmakers on the outside. You're not, like, wowed by – you know, when Gabriel, who's who's playing really well, you if you watch the difference between Texas and Oklahoma, I think yeah. that's the biggest thing right now is that Texas has, like, just explosive play pros on the outside. And Oklahoma, you know, doesn't really have that right now. The defense, I think, is, is legit. Some of it's kind of, you know, competition-based. But uh, I think they'll give them a game. They're obviously going to be up for it after last year. But uh, I think Texas's defensive front, is going to be the difference, just like it was against Alabama. The Oklahoma offensive line, and in addition to the receivers, is kind of the weak area uh, of this team. Still hasn't come together yet. And, you know, I think the secondary, the run is playing outstanding, but the secondary can be attacked. So as long as Ewers, that, that, up to, there is an upset alert because Ewers could always, yeah, he still kind of scares me. He could have like just a game where he's just completely off and has accuracy issues and throws a couple picks. That's where this game could get really scary. I think the line's about right. I made it like seven and a half. So I think it's a little short, but uh, you know, and, and if you look at Oklahoma, yes, they've looked impressive, but they played SMU at home uh, and it was 14, 11 with nine to go in the game. Um, and then, you know, SMU had a special teams blunder and then they went for it on fourth down at their own 30 and Oklahoma scored two touchdowns to make that look like, and, and SMU actually outgained them. And if you look at the Cincy game, they won by 14, but since he was going up and down the field and just couldn't do anything in the red zone. So 
Yeah. Yes, Oklahoma's looked impressive, but, you know, two of their better data points, uh, there's actually been some questions there and hasn't been as easy as the final score might have indicated. So, yeah, I think Oklahoma will be up. Semi-upset alert, but I, I think Texas gets it done. They're legit. Okay, two other quick SEC games. Obviously, the one in, you know in your backyard. I mean, it's in Georgia, but you know this Kentucky team well. They're five and zero. Oh. Uh, a, a little Ewing the- theory here. Will Levis leaves in there. They, they look a lot better. Clearly, their offense. I mean, based on getting rich uh, uh, rid of Scangarillo last year. Uh, you know, I don't know if Georgia's is good. Clearly, they're not. I mean, you can't lose that many elite players. And then the A and M Bama game. I mean, I I think. A&M's got to be the bet there, even if you're not a huge Jimbo Fisher guy, right? I mean, this Bama team feels more 9-3 and three than it does 11-1, and one, so I, I don't really know what to make of Georgia-Kentucky. I'll be honest, I haven't really watched Kentucky, but fuck, I mean, I watched a little bit of A&M multiple games, You and, and this was the thing last year when they went, what, 5-7. and seven. The talent, no one argues the talent. I talked to a guy in the league that went through some of the SEC schools, and they say if they can just get the train on the tracks there – they can beat anyone on every on any given week just because they have so many NFL level bodies from like junior down to freshman. Yeah, A and M's the bet. I, I bet A and M there plus three. It's come down. I still I still like it. I think they win that game. This Alabama team, it's just a mess right now. Their offensive line is a mess. They obviously can't really consistently throw. Milrow can hit a bomb, but he's not. You know, he can't run this pro style offense and throw the intermediary routes and and really read a defense and. The Texas A&M, one of the most – you said it, they have five-star talent all over, one of the most talented rosters in all college football, which makes what they did last year so shocking. So credit to Jimbo for at least going out, getting Bobby Petrino to run the offense. And what a crew. That that, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a motley crew. And he's he's given them full reign. And, like, they now have a more modern – it's not the Jimbo yeah. conservative, boring offense. Uh, and they have pros at receiver – their starting quarterback got hurt, but there's not much of a drop off to Max Johnson. Um, he was uh, an LSU transfer. Yeah, he's played well, but the biggest thing is that their defense—they couldn't stop the run. They were one of the worst run defenses in the country last year. Even though they have five stars all on the defensive line at linebacker, they fixed those issues, and that's the biggest thing against Alabama. I mean, Milrow. La- I mean, look at last week against Mississippi State. He go uh, Mississippi State defense that is gutted, that is horrendous this year. He went tw- 10 of 12 for 160 yards, and then Alabama runs it 45 times for 190 yards. Like they, they are, this is one of the worst rushing offenses, too, that Saban's ever had, and that's all they can do with Milrow. So I think the Texas AM run defense uh, is up for the task here. And they, as long as they don't give up too many bombs, because that's Milrow's specialty, you can throw a great deep ball. They should be fine here. They're the team. It's it's, good. it's weird to say and see, but they're the team with the clearly, clearly way more talented receiving core. Uh, Alabama just doesn't have playmakers on the outside this year. Um, you know, you can remember the Alabama teams from two, three years ago, all those receivers that were going to be pros. Not really the case this year. No one's emerged on the outside. And, Alabama, and Texas A&M has a couple senior really good receivers and then a couple freshmen that are going to play in the NFL. So uh, I think that'll be the difference in front of uh, – a raucous home crowd, and then Kentucky, Georgia. Yeah, I get back. Really, 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 really quick, Stucky. Don't yeah. don't you think the if you look, I I would imagine you can get them ten plus to one to win the SEC. If they win this game, their road to the SEC championship game gets a lot easier. Obviously, they have one loss, but that was to Miami. All of a sudden, I mean, they're going to be favored against you know several of the other teams. I I, I think that A and M. 
you know, if you like that would be the bet because if they do win this game, it opens up pretty easy. I don't want to say easy. The SEC West is always difficult, but they've already beat Auburn. They've already beat uh, who they beat. Arkansas is not any good, but then you beat Alabama. I don't know, man. I mean, you look at Georgia too, even if their road is relatively easy to get the SEC championship game, A&M does have the talent to beat them. It's, it's not that crazy. I don't think. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that that is the bet. I, Unfortunately, I have an Ole Miss twenty-five to one to win the division ticket. The problem there is that they, you know, they already lost to Bama. They do host Texas A&M, but they have to go to Georgia, and they already have a loss against Alabama. So, yeah, and Texas A&M, it's like they go to Tennessee, but Tennessee's down this year. Um, you know, then they host South Carolina. They, you know, they have that game at Ole Miss, but they're you know Miss State, and then LSU can't stop a nosebleed. So, yeah, I agree. I think that as of right now, um, that is the bet. And then Georgia, Kentucky. I'm look. Ray Davis was awesome. He ran for a million yards against Florida last week. But the offense has still been so inconsistent. Like last week, they were just handing it to Ray Davis, and he was running through everybody. Um, I think Leary is still hurt. He's still he has like these not hurt. He has this mechanical issue after his pec injury. So he's been so inconsistent and with his accuracy, especially early on in games, until he kind of gets his his. Uh, Peck and shoulder warmed up. And then receivers have had a lot of drop issues. So that offense has been like very inconsistent because of this mechanical issue, because of the receiver drops. They've hit a ton of explosive plays, which is great, but you can't really do that against Georgia. And I'm not sure that they're going to be able to line up and just run Ray Davis, especially at their last week. You know, it's not like they have a mobile quarterback. Georgia's got ran through by Auburn, who, who cannot complete a forward pass. I, I assume their defense is going to be on full alert here. But yeah, Georgia's a step down. Look, I mean, if I had to bet this game, I would bet Kentucky. But I, I'm I'm getting bad vibes. Just my 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 gut and intuition, like it's a wake up call game for Georgia. If they don't cover this game, or maybe even lose, I mean, if they only win by seven to ten, then they're they're really off. But yeah, there's there's no emotional lead on the offense or defense. Clear step down at quarterback. Clear step down at offensive coordinator. And I think that they're just they're complacent, right? They want back to back national titles. The schedule stinks, so. You're just like, all right, get me to the college football playoff. Uh, I mean, they're they're down seven nothing at the end of every first quarter, no matter who they play. That's eventually going to burn them. Um, you would think that maybe they wake up here. I, I don't know. They didn't do it at home against South Carolina. They didn't do it at home. They didn't do it on the road against Auburn last week. I'm getting bad vibes from it, but I'll be. Uh, I didn't bet it. No bet there. I'll be out and about in Lexington, um, watching and rooting so the uh, town burns down. It's pretty crazy how wide open of all the years, right? Georgia's clearly a couple years ago was the best. Them in Alabama last year, they were head and shoulders more talented than everyone else. It yep. feels like Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, and Washington. Uh, you know, I think Florida State is just going to be there right now that they got through LSU and Clemson. It's pretty. It's pretty cool just because it's freaking Texas. Obviously, if they win this game, it, their path to the playoff. I mean, what, what do you think? Six, seven I, teams have a legitimate like chance to win the national championship. Uh, yeah, you could say eight to ten, maybe. I mean, like you have the Pac-12, and it's all it's all over the country too, which I think is so fun. And I have like this year, I have like I think 10, 10 to twelve teams that are within a touchdown of each other at the top. Usually, within the last decade, there's one to two teams that are a touchdown above everybody else. Now, everyone, you know, there's ten to twelve teams that are bunched up uh, that closely. Look, you could even throw in Miami. I mean, how good is Miami? We don't really know yet because of the schedule, but they beat the shit out of Texas A&M. 
Uh, and this is a super talented team that the staff was way off last year. They hired new coordinators. Tyler Van Dyke has a lot of talent. He was hurt last year. Throw them in there. Throw the Pac-12 in there. You have your, you know, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan from the Big Ten. Um, and then obviously you have your SEC, which is down, but the teams at the top can still win it. So, yeah, I think I, I, I love this year. I think it's great for the sport. Um, and then you're getting every region involved. It's it's kind of ironic that the this is the Pac-12 arguably is the best, most deepest conference in college football this year in its uh, last season. I bet a lot of people listening or watching have been in an accident. I bet a lot of people have been into an intense car accident. And let's face it, not knowing who to call for help is hard. Hiring Morgan & Morgan is easy. Because Morgan & Morgan is America's largest injury law firm with over 100 offices nationwide with more than 800 lawyers. They've recovered over $15 billion for over 300,000 clients. Morgan & Morgan has a proven track record of fighting to get you full and fair compensation. They've been fighting for the people for over 35 years. Submitting an injury claim with Morgan & Morgan is so easy. That's the key. Not having representation is hard. Fighting with Morgan & Morgan is easy. If you've ever been injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. For more information, go to forthepeople.com slash john or dial pound law, pound 529 from your cell phone. That's F-O-R thepeople.com slash j-o-h-n or pound law pound 529 from your cell phone this is a paid advertisement okay let's get to the nfl i i, I can't wait saturdays are fun right now uh yep. I, i'm gonna stick with uh, my philosophy i've done it two weeks in a row take a really good team against a shitty team with a big number I did it with the cowboys i, I did it with uh, seattle I'm going to do it again this week. Sounds crazy, but Detroit against the Panthers. Listen, they, they lost You know, they, their one game at home to Seattle, which you know Jared Goff threw a bad pick six that yeah. you know, they ended up going to overtime. But this place now, you look at that schedule, I'm telling you, I, it's not inconceivable for them to win 12-plus games. I mean, it's, it's, they, they've won two of their harder games, obviously the Chiefs and at Lambeau. I think Detroit clearly is just pretty stacked with talent all over the place. Like, no one can even debate that at this point. And rookie quarterback on the road, enormous number. I mean, 10 points a lot. I'm not arguing that. But I, to me, this got like 30 to 10. If it goes the way I think it's going to go, written all over it. I think the Panthers fucking blow. You know, we talk about how bad the Bears are. Well, at least at any moment, Justin Fields can run around and do some stuff. Denver's a good example. Like, at any moment, Russell can make some plays if they just make a couple tackles. They got Sean Payton. I don't think Frank Reich's that good. Their talent's not that good. They don't have any weapons on offense. The offensive line's a problem. The quarterback's pretty tiny. And what does Detroit have? Pretty good pass rush. And obviously, offensively, they're going to have no problem scoring. I, I wouldn't say no problem scoring because Carolina's got definitely solid personnel on defense. Their defensive coordinator's good. But 27 to 13 type number, that's that's kind of what I'm – big number. But I, third week in a row, I'm going good versus shitty. I'm taking Detroit. Yeah, I don't – uh, I, I don't mind it. Uh, I, I don't have a bet on that game. But, yeah, I mean, look, the Carolina defense could be decent. But there's, they have a lot of injuries, including their top corner, one of the best in the league. He's out. One of their best linebackers is out. I, I think that their defense by the end of the year with a really good coordinator could be feisty. But right now, um, it's not going to be able to carry a team. And, yeah, I just – look, in that division, from what you've seen already, I, 
I would you could still win the division from 0 and 3 like going into last week. I would have said, look, Young's not ready. Go I'm I'm rolling with Dalton. I think that's the best version of this team, but I agree on Reich. I agree on just the how this offense is put together. I'm not a fan, but the, I would bet the Panthers here catching 10 if Dalton was starting. He actually gives the offense a chance. We saw that at Seattle. If they didn't have nine false starts uh, because of that crowd, uh, they could have potentially won that game. And that was the only time their offense had a pulse all year. Bryce Young, uh, maybe uh, look. Usually you could tell he looks. He looks tiny. He looks tiny, bro. Yeah, he looks and I, I liked him small. in college. God, yeah, he looks small. <laughs> yeah, and he has no. He has no confidence right now. Um, I haven't seen anything that would make me want to trust my money betting on him. So yeah, I it's it's fade the Panthers or nothing. Um even though this is yeah, this is a big number. I would I would one hundred percent play the Panthers plus catching 10, 10 and a half with Andy Dalton. Want no part of them with Bryce Young. I saw a good tweet. It was like uh the Panthers basically traded DJ Moore and Caleb Williams for Bryce Young. I think they like that one back. <laughs> That's know? amazing. I mean, <laughs> but that, that's just a fact. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's. Uh, I, I knew you'd take this, and I was. If I wasn't just rolling with my philosophy, this has to be the bet you've taught me. Tomlin at home, dog. Uh, just when everyone is just shitting on the franchise, saying fire everybody, quarterbacks banged up, fold the franchise, fire the coaching staff. This is just classic him. Now I don't know if they win the game, but you just it, it's you know the. Uh, from the wisdom of Stucky, you got to hammer Steelers here, right? Plus four. Yeah, I, this is the the classic Tomlin spot. Uh, last week was another classic Tomlin spot. They like after a win, they go on the road. They play, you know, a team that they, uh, you know, with a, lo- a losing record team, and they just come out flat on the road. Now, like you said, this is the Rob. Uh, Tomlin is the best in maybe the history of the NFL at rallying the troops with an us-against-the-world mentality as an underdog. And, uh, the, I mean, I, I can say that the numbers speak for themselves. He's 53-28-3 against the spread as an underdog. Most profitable coach in NFL history. That's over 65%. As an underdog against an opponent with a winning record, he's 33-15-1 against the spread. That's 68.8%. Uh, he just consistently will get the best out of his team in this spot, especially after a loss. Uh, I also think the Ravens are a bit overvalued right now. Um, they are my team, but they've played. But they played C.J. Stroud in his first ever start on the road in a brand new offensive scheme with an offensive line that was put together the day before. Then they played a one-legged Joe Burrow that grades out as the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, then they play a backup with the Colts. They play a backup who was told he was going to start a day before the game and make his first career start last week in DTR, and the Browns never had a shot. So they basically have played – had the, one of the most beneficial opposing quarterback situations um, that I've seen. They're, they might face another backup here in Mitch Trubisky, but just like how they lost to Gardner Minshew, I don't think that's a downgrade. I'm not, I'm not a Kenny Pickett guy. He's bailing. He doesn't look great. I, I, I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky's any good, but it, and it's not some big upgrade. It, it's probably dead even. So it doesn't really matter here that if they face a backup quarterback – but I do think they might be a bit overvalued. This is also, you're going to have some wind here. The total's 38, and uh, this is a classic AFC North rivalry where these teams and coaches are so familiar with each other, and, you know, you'll get the Steelers' best effort. Lamar Jackson, for what it's worth, he really struggled against the Steelers in his career. He's more only team he has more interceptions and touchdowns against. 
He has his lowest passer rating against Pittsburgh. And when these teams meet, I mean, this is pretty crazy. Since 2008, when Harbaugh got to Baltimore, when the spread is three or more, because Ravens fans and Steelers fans that are betters, we have like this rule, if the spread's over three, you just take the dog. Since 2008, when Harbaugh got there, when the Steelers and Ravens play, they've played 30 times. We're going to start 17 of the 30 have been decided by three or less. You'd be, I mean, if you go back and look at the scores, they're all 16, 14, 16, 13, 16, 14. Yeah. But if you took the dog, if you took the dog when the spread is three or more, in whenever the spread was three or more, the underdog is 17, one and three against the spread. 17, one and three against the spread. If you just take the underdog in this matchup uh, when they're ca- catching three or more, which you are here. So, yeah, I'll take over a field goal and which should be a low scoring game in a classic Tomlin spot. I think one thing you notice and people forget because you think a team's bad or you think a team's good, divisional opponents, I mean, there is a lot of, even though the NFL has more turnover than any other sport, there's still a lot of carryover with players like the commanders. They got a lot of players who aren't like intimidated by Fletcher Cox and Jason. You know, you saw it with the Cardinals last week, like James Conner and some of those guys like they're fucking the 49ers. We played you every year for a while. Some of these games, unless you're the Giants, you know, are just are much closer than you imagine. And like you said, this is, you know, the closest thing we have to an Ohio State, Michigan, Auburn, you know, because the two coaches have been there so long. The rivalry is such a physical game. Uh, and a lot of the, obviously the defenders now for the Steelers have been there for a while. So I, I'm with you. Uh, Steelers might stink, but if you, you could tell me they win six games, <laughs> they might win this thing. I, I do think, and it's cool to see, and I mean, you know this. That Lamar's just you know, the contract things well behind, and he's just playing at a really high level. He's just a yep. fun. He, he's just a very, very like in the history of my life watching football, just one of the more enjoyable players. You know the Barry Sanders, the Michael Vicks. Just you don't see very often. He is a fucking badass to watch run around and make plays. Yeah, I, I love watching him. I think by the end of the year, he's going to be in the uh, MVP discussion. Yeah, and he, rem- he reminds me of that, that saying like that Barry Sanders when like the pockets collapse or in Barry Sanders case, like he had nowhere to run, nothing's doing, bounce it out, you know, running all the way around. And then he's gone 80 yards for a touchdown at their spin. Those are some of the plays that Lamar Jackson's making in the pocket. Um, and it's only going to get better. I think this year under a new offense as he uh, adjusts. So yeah, he's a, he's a joy to watch for sure. And if they could ever stay healthy and, and load yeah. up the offense around him, he'd, he'd be, do you think McCaffrey's got a chance to win the MVP? Um, yeah, I think he has. A, uh, I mean, it's 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 just so hard for a quarterback to not win it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I guess he would have a. He has a chance. He's in the discussion as one of the only non quarterbacks, but there's so many elite quarterbacks that are going to put up stupid numbers this year. Um, but as of right now, like you don't. If you look around, it's like all right. Well, Burrow is kind of out of the discussion. Lamar, he's he's not putting up the passing touchdown numbers yet in a new offense. There's like Mahomes. Then Mahomes doesn't have the same weapons. There's no. like some fatigue there. So uh, compared to the last Josh, couple Josh, years, Josh Allen feels like Josh Allen yeah, feels Allen's like a guy the favorite. Who's got the, yeah, I mean he, Allen's he feels a favorite like a guy as of right that, now. Yeah, people have been kind of waiting to vote on. Hasn't quite had the year. Now they go fourteen and three. They're the one seed. McCaffrey could have a Marshall Falk LT type year and still not get it, right? 
Yeah. So I, those are the two they, I, The reason I would say no is like, even though like Lamar could come back into the mix, Mahomes is he's always going to be there. But you have Josh Allen. Now the Bills lost their star corner, their number one lockdown corner for the season. Their defense isn't going to be as good. What does that mean? You put up even bigger numbers. And then there's also Tua. I mean, and their defense is horrendous. So like Tua is going to put up ridiculous numbers uh, in Miami this season. So uh, it's just going to be too hard to overcome some of the quarterback numbers that will eventually be there. You might be a pro when it comes to what you do, but we can't all be pros at everything. Take home repairs, remodeling, and renovations. That's not something you want to trust to anyone but a skilled professional. Angie's List is now Angie. Connect with a local pro, tackle jobs big and small inside and out. Decks, leaky faucets, maybe redoing a kitchen. I know I can relate. It's not easy and you want people you can trust. The Angie app offers robust tools so you can research and connect with local pros who come highly rated and recommended by people right in your neighborhood. All with a few taps of a button. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Let's dive into a quarterback. Actually, two quarterbacks who are not putting up great numbers. McCorkle Jones and, and Derek Carr. Uh, I'll give Derek a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Last week, his shoulder was messed up, but still, that game is somewhat parallels some of his performances in the past. So, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of dump on him. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I personally couldn't bet on this game. I The Saints, I, I can't believe I liked him as much as I did, and then you watch him. And clearly, you know, Derek just might be an average, you know, the, the lowest level of average quarterback. The Patriots are in shambles. I mean, they lost two great defensive players for them. And uh, obviously, the, this is a must-win for the Pats. And the Saints, all of a sudden, you lose at home to Tampa. They're on a bye. You're kind of, God, are, are you more likely to go 7-10 and 10 than be a 10-7 and 7 team? Because that's kind of what I'm looking at, especially if Derek's going to be messed up with his shoulder. Yeah, I I have to I took the Patriots here. Um, I have to fade the Saints with this version of Carr um, until that I see he's healthy. So like, yes. Why would you Patri- play him? I I don't understand. They have a capable backup. Uh, last year he went twenty three of thirty seven for one hundred and twenty seven yards, three point four yards per attempt on over forty dropbacks. I mean, that is that is horrendous. And and I think. Uh, Kamara had 13 catches for 31 yards. I don't know how that's even possible mathematically. Um, so, yeah, he's just not healthy right now. So, like, they – and, yes, the Patriots have injuries. Judon Hurts, they have a lot of corner injuries. But there's – number one, if you can't throw downfield, who cares if you don't have corners? But there, any corner you plug into this Belichick defense, they just grade out elite. I mean, you saw J.C. Jackson was like, he's the best corner in the league if you go by the grading. And then he goes to the Chargers and he's a healthy scratch every week. Um, and then the Patriots, no matter what rookie they draft, they have like 10 guys named Jones that they drafted. You just plug them in and then they play well. Well, maybe it's not the guys and maybe a lot of it's just the scheme. Um, so I don't think that those losses against an offense like this with a limited quarterback are as big uh, as they will be as if, you know, they were playing the Bills or the Dolphins, say, in the division game. Uh, so I'm, this is a fate of Carr. I'm not, a, I'm not a Mac Jones guy, never have been. Um, Funny story, and, and it's not personal because funny story. When he was in co- when he was in college, 
um, he doing a, he did like a visit to Kentucky and he slid into my uh, wife's my now wife's uh, DMs. We weren't married at the time, but uh, so I've always uh, how old's your wife? Uh, she's six years younger than me. She's uh, thirty two, um, but she's way older than Mac, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she he found found her on uh, Instagram and Twitter he and he get a response. Um, no, um, she was like, "Dude, you're a, you're a kid. You're like 17. Bro, you're uh, you're, a, you're a three star. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I but look, the Patriots. I think this is the bottom of the market on them. They've lost. They've their losses. If you look, they lost to the Cowboys in a smash Cowboys spot. Right, like as you know, they were coming off an embarrassing loss at home. But their losses are the Cowboys. The Eagles, and again, they could have won at home, and the Dolphins, in a game they could have won at home. So, you know, they lost the three of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, I think this is probably the low point on the market on them. And it's just a huge coaching mismatch with a hurt quarterback. Uh, like, Belichick is, this is just like a Tomlin spot. Belichick, after a loss over the past 20 seasons, 53-26-1 against the spread, 67%. By far the most profitable coach in NFL history in that scenario. As an Underdog or favorite of less than seven points after loss, 42 and 11 against the spread, 80%. Now, you might say, yeah, Tom Brady. Okay, without Tom Brady, 60% against the spread with any other quarterback, you know, Cam Newton, Castle, Zappi, uh, and Mac Jones. So I, I expect the Patriots to be fully focused here. And this is their season. Like, you, you, you got a one and four in the AFC with that schedule, you're done. Um, and I just have to fade Carr. Uh, He's not healthy right now, and can't just check it down to death in Foxborough and win this game. To me, if Derek Carr, bad shoulder, Dennis Allen, the Saints come in and beat the Patriots, like, I- I'm sorry, it's over. And it's listen, over. I- I'm not one that, like, hates on Belichick, that thinks it was, like, 90-10 Brady-Belichick. Anyone that watched that dynasty, Belichick was fucking dominating schematically. Like, yep. defensively, they were doing he- – he was elite. Like, he's one of the all-time greats any sport. You could argue he's the greatest coach of all time. They lose this game. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's probably just time at the end of the season to just go your separate way. Like, it's over in New England. Yep. Welcome to sports. It, it's a, I, I think you if can't they lose, nothing right? lasts forever. And if Mac Jones looks awful, you got to ask serious questions about They could lose to anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what you're doing. And, and the Saints, the one thing with the Saints, right, their defense can play well. So, yep. uh, I hear you. You just, I, it would make me nervous because I, I think there is. Probably a 50-50 shot that the pixie dust on everything is just done with Bill. And it's yes. Kind of no, it's, it's definitely a concern of mine. I, might, I don't have the, the tr- my trust level <laughs> bar is at the, the low end, but it's not well, out yeah. yet. But if uh, a bad performance here, it could be drained. Okay, game of the day. Uh, one of the games easily of the year. I mean, you could argue it's this in Buffalo, Miami, at least going into the game, is game of the year. Cowboys, Niners, <laughs> who you like, why? Uh, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on who's going to win the game. Um, but I'm, I'm taking the the Cowboys I, in this matchup. These are two of the best teams in the NFC. No matter where these, you know, if you even throw the Eagles in there, Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers, no matter where they play and no matter what, you know, what combination 49ers versus Eagles and you give me over a field goal, I'm taking it. Um, and Look, the the Cowboys can get pressure, which you need to do against Purdy. Now, Purdy can handle it. Purdy's not a Jimmy G. Um, He can handle the pressure, but you cannot let him sit back there. You have to blitz him. You have to get pressure, and you have to get home because his numbers when he's not blitzed and his numbers in a clean pocket because how well-schemed that offense is are insane. Cowboys, 
one of the few teams that can do that. They did that last year. Purdy, you know, performed pretty admirably, but had his worst game as a pro, and that just speaks to the Dallas defense. They've really abused that right side of the 49ers offensive line. We're going to learn a lot about the 49ers offensive line here. I mean, look, they've they've looked great. They're in the Super Bowl discussion. They're one of the best teams in the league, but they haven't really been tested yet by a defense. I mean, they played the Cardinals and the Rams and the Giants. Um, so we're going to learn a lot about that offensive line. But I think the, the one question that I have with this 49ers team is their defense doesn't look at, as sharp. Now, maybe it's just, hey, we're not playing anybody, but the run defense grades out bottom five and success rate EPA per run allowed. Pollard, I think, can have a big day here. And when he gets going, that opens up the play action. You can take some shots, which you need to do against this 49ers defense. And remember, last year, look, the, and the Cowboys should come out with their hair on fire here. This, they're playing against a team that's eliminated from the postseason in each of the past two years. And both games are close, right? Like Dak doesn't they, – they can't snap it one year. Last year they lose by seven, but that game was 9-9 going into the fourth quarter. And the Cowboys lost Pollard. And are handing it to you know the the corpse of Zeke who had that that, that that was a legit close playoff game. I mean that could have gone either way. The, yep. the Cowboys showed up, the defense ready to win. Yeah, yeah, and I took them last year. I lost that bet, but it, it was three and a half. Um, so I'm happy to do that again here. Uh, my prediction on this game is this is going to be close, and I can't wait for it. And uh, if you're giving me over a field goal, which you are now, uh, I'm taking it. So yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Uh, plus three and a half. I think maybe if you shop around, maybe you can get a four. But anything over a field goal is fine here. I think this is close and great throughout, um, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, Charvarius Ward, obviously the 49ers' best corner. You know, one of the better corners, definitely in the NFC. Banged up, healed. Now, he misses some practice and usually plays, yeah. but that's something to keep an eye on because they need him, you know, against C.D. Lamb. And, and you're right, I mean – I would say Nick Bosa has not exactly looked like Micah Parsons or T.J. Watt through the beginning portion of the season, which makes sense. I mean, he showed up September 1st or whatever. Yep. Yep. Uh, now, the guy that has is Hargrave. So, yeah. <laughs> it's And Kinlaw's been better. Their defense, to me, the Cowboys, when you really look at their four games, when they've got to front run, like when they're like Tiger Woods winning by 10, they're, they're going to blow away the field. And it just snowballs, and you watch it. You're like, fuck, they, they're going to win this game by 40. And their point differential is outrageous because defense is scoring. They're doing two-point plays. I mean, they were clowning Belichick. They got into and one once dog you, fight. Once they game. know you're going to throw, you're, you're done. Yeah, they, it, it, exactly. And that's the thing with Kyle. Kyle, the, the score could be 14 nothing. He'll still hammer the – like he's – He's one of the rare coaches that's much more of a throwback like his dad in that era that will just stick to a game plan that won't freak out, especially now that he trusts the quarterback. But to me, like it'll be interesting because more than likely it's just going to be a close game. Like you said, let's just say it's you know 12-12 or something at halftime. Like The Cowboys have it like, figured out how to win. To me, that's the difference between them and the Eagles and the Niners. Like The Eagles and the Niners can fucking meet you in the mud and play an ugly-ass game and figure out a way to win. Like Both those two teams, they could easily beat anyone on the road. Sometimes with Dallas, you go, God, do you have the grittiness? And that's always kind of been a McCarthy knock, right? Some of those Rodgers teams, obviously Rodgers was much better than Dak, and this defense is better than the overwhelming majority of any of those Packers defenses, but it's like a mindset from the coach. Like One thing with Kyle Shanahan... And all the guys that they've accumulated, they're just kind of like war daddies, you know. Yeah. Debo play in the parking lot, and the Eagles, you know, they have a lot of guys like that: Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox. You know, the Cowboys, in theory, you think would, but sometimes for whatever reason, and this 
this is a huge game for them, right? Like you said, the Niners beat them twice in a row in the playoffs. Everyone views the Niners as better. They're admitting it. Jerry's like, this is a Super Bowl team. They win this game. I think it would be like their biggest win the last couple years since they've been good, right? Beat yeah. McCarthy's biggest win as a Cowboy head coach. Yeah. Yeah, and the 49ers, if they lose this game, they're, you just say, okay. Whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah they'll be it. fine, and we'll, we'll beat you in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I think that you're going to get, early on, the you're going to get the Cowboys' best effort here. Um, so I yeah, think you got to have they, some trick plays. you got to yeah. you know go for it on some special yeah, you gotta bring, stuff. Bring like, the, you got to bring the kitchen sink out here. If I if I'm the Cowboys, I treat this like it was the NFC Championship or whatever, and you yeah, because you need it mentally, right? You need this game. They need this game for their psyche. If they face the 49ers, like can they get can they beat the 49ers in the playoffs? Can you lose again here? Um, yeah, I agree. I would throw everything out here to win this game. Um, you know, and then also it could mean you get it. I don't think the 49ers would care if they have to go on the road. Um, but you, you could this game could also decide home field um so yeah if I'm the that's Cowboys, why losing that that's why losing that arizona game kind of fucks dallas all it yeah. puts more pressure on this because all of a sudden you lose this game you're you know out. you're just you feel like you're a lock to be the five seed which it in theory like there are some years where it shouldn't be the end of the world but when you got to have to go to philly and go to san francisco more than likely like that's that's a problem yep. so this is i don't want to say must win it's early october but this because they lost to arizona I think this game is dramatically bigger. I mean, that, yep. that game looms large for them to me as the season goes on. Assuming, Agreed. you know, the Eagles and Niners don't do something similar. I mean, look at the Niners. They just play Arizona and they beat them by, they actually shouldn't have covered the spread. I, were you watching that game? They dropped two yeah, touchdowns under 12 Two touchdowns seconds. at the end. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I, I just think my prediction is it's decided by a field goal. Yeah, and if it's a 49ers field goal kicker, he's a rookie, you never know. So, yep. missed a couple in the preseason, but been pretty nails. Uh, so you, you're going Pat's money line, Steelers, and uh, hammering the Cowboys. You got it. And I'm t- I'm hammering Lions minus ten. Go Detroit, okay. Motor City Kitties, baby. Okay, Stucky, talk to you soon. Absolutely, I'll read your lines and good luck. The volume. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You know in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.